Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. It's always a bitter pill to swallow, and I guess the third time this year you've had to kind of swallow that one-possession loss pill in an SEC game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was tough Saturday. The defense played great, played their best game of the year, and uh, the offense struggled. And they, um, you know, Arkansas couldn't throw the ball. They weren't really a threat to throw the ball and um, until Fortin came in. And I thought that had a lot to do with it Saturday. I thought it's one of the reasons LSU was able to do a lot of the things they wanted to defensively and tee off on the quarterback. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was a different game than the Liberty game, but at the end of the day, they still lost. And um, it was a close game, but just not quite enough. Hey, you were talking about just the inability to throw the football. I know that's a piece of sound we played in the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast and Coach Pittman talking about that if you're not a threat to throw it, you're going to have problems. And I just felt like Malik didn't uncork it at all. He he just was timid and he didn't let it fly. So was y'all, was that y'all's opinion on watching him play the first? Well, time? I just don't think Malik's strength is throwing the football. I, I don't I don't think he uh, um, I don't think he frankly threw all that much differently than he does most days. Um, his strength is not throwing. His strength is with his legs. His strength is making people miss. And um, you know I think that. I think that showed. Now, he was running for his life a lot. I'm not going to say that he was back there with plenty of time and just made bad passes. I mean, he was running for his life a good bit, but that's just not the strength of his game. Well, and the, his strength, like you said, is the speed, and Harold Perkins matched that or exceeded that speed, had sure. the angles a lot of times, and I don't know if they ran it once or, or 55 times in the game. There was a lot of times where Malik went for the edge, just trying to get an angle, and he had a few nine and ten yard gains. But there were a lot of times, Chuck, that got him at or near the line of scrimmage, just because the speed of, of Perkins and that LSU defense matched him. Yeah, no question. I mean, Perkins is six two and two thirty, and he's running stride for stride with Malik. And the thing about that is, it's not like KJ where he might fall off of him. Yeah. I mean, you get six two two thirty sprinting at six two one eighty. I can tell you who's going down. And I thought that happened a lot. I don't think Arkansas's running backs broke very many tackles. Um, I don't think it was just the offensive line. Um, They just – look, LSU's defense is really good. I mean, it's really good. Their down linemen are good. Mackey Wingo made a big, big play down there at the goal line. He's a player that left Mizzou that, you know, Ronnie's brother, and we sure would have liked to have had him. But, um, you know, he ended up going down there, and he made a big play. They're good defensively. I mean, they're going to Atlanta, guys. I mean, it's not like Arkansas got beat by a lousy team Saturday. They played the seventh-ranked team in the SEC West champion to a field goal. And at the end of the day, and and that was with their backup quarterback, you know, with two backup quarterbacks. 
And at the end of the day, LSU just had a little more. Yeah, well, you know, in the end, I, I, and we, I think we've heard it in the callers' voices this morning, the frustration of back-to-back weeks. You know, you lose by, a, you know, two or three points is what's happened the last couple of weeks. You, you pair that with the A&M game, and as I was saying earlier, a third time this year you've lost by, you know, single digits, single possession type losses. And I think when you do it back-to-back weeks, it just it amps up and ratchets up the frustration. Well, it does. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, the big picture and you look at where we are as a program and the progress that we've made over the last three years, it's almost like this year and last year were backwards. I mean, a lot of the things that are happening this year, you know, you might think would happen last year, and then you culminate, you know, in that third year with a 9-4 and four season. But so many of the breaks that Arkansas got last year, they've not gotten this year. And, you know, guys, I, I mentioned this on the podcast. I mean, when they walked out there against Cincinnati, their four captains were K.J., Catalan, Poole, and Wagner. Three of those guys didn't play Saturday. You know, not just good players captains, leaders, guys that dictate everything that happens. That didn't happen last year. Dominique Johnson scored seven touchdowns last year, leading touchdown maker among the running backs. He hadn't been a factor at all this year. Now, Rockets had a great year, but it's not like, you know, Rocket and Dominique together last year. KJ's missed two of the last five ball games. Guys, I don't care who you are in this league. Your starting quarterback misses two of five ball games. There's a pretty good chance the best you're going to go is three and two during that uh, during that five game stretch. He's had to suspend a guy. He's had to move a wide receiver to cornerback and start him. I mean, none of these things happened last year. You lost Catalan, but that was in the sixth game. So I think when you look at the big picture, you know, five and five is not where people planned on being right now. I think a lot of people look at it and think, well, we ought to be seven and three. And when you look back, yeah, you can certainly say that. You can certainly say that. But um, a lot of those breaks Arkansas got last year, they've just not gotten this year. Well, what's the old adage? Your best players need to be your best players. And <laughs> and your best players, you're talking about with those captains that missed the game, aren't there to be your best players. And, I, you know, depth is an issue, I think, with a lot of teams, and Arkansas is one of them. There's only very few teams in college football that can lose a best player and Never lose stride. Well, I think that's the process of rebuilding where, uh, from where we were. I, I mean, guys, I, I was writing some of this stuff down. Let's let's not forget where we were. I mean, in the three years prior to Sam Pittman, we went eight and twenty-eight overall, one and twenty-three. We lost to San Jose State. We lost to North Texas. We lost to Western Kentucky. Vanderbilt came in here and beat us by two touchdowns. I mean, we lost to everybody. Since then, we're 17 and 16. Not, not the ultimate goal, not where you want to be. But, guys, that's a nine-game improvement right there. That's three wins a year on average. We're not done yet. I mean, you've got at least two more, maybe three. So you may get another win or two out of this year. So, I mean, depth's part of it. I thought the biggest thing Saturday, frankly, was that, you know, in a lot of spots, LSU had better players. But better depth, perhaps. And, you know, you answer that on the recruiting trail. I, I think the trajectory still headed in the right direction. The arc still favors us, so to speak. But I know that's not much consolation. The thing that I will say, if you beat A&M and you beat Liberty, everybody's view is a lot different. But you didn't. 
And so there's a big difference between Liberty and LSU. Uh, losing to Liberty by two and losing to LSU by three are different things. But the fact that it happened on back-to-back weekends, I understand that, that, that that's, what, that's what resonates with people. Back to the phone lines. Rudy is in Alma. Go ahead, Rudy. Hey, guys. Just, just to reiterate, you know, it's just uh, frust- it's hard not to be frustrated as a fan, you know, uh, listening to Chuck talk about how bad we were. I mean, we've made strides to get better. And, and you see the games, and you're, you're like, all the shoulda, woulda, couldas, you know, if so-and-so wasn't hurt or if quarterback play, I mean, like, uh, I mean, you can see little coaching mistakes, and we're growing. I mean, Sam Pittman's a new coach. I mean, he's been in the league, but, you know, we're still, we still are growing uh, with Pittman as our head coach. I mean, I heard some guys talking Saturday. They're like, well, you know, ideally we would have played Hornsby or uh, Fortin last week and beat Liberty and allowed KJ time to have healed, and then we would have used him Saturday and beat LSU. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 just, it just gets frustrating when you see some of the things, you know. It's like, well, you just got to keep persevering, you know, and hitting the recruiting trail. Uh, I, I mean, who's going to play quarterback next year? You know, I mean, is KJ coming back? Uh, uh, you know, I KJ believe Borton is, KJ you know, uh, I mean, the single, uh, Singleton, I believe, is the guy coming. You know, I'm sure people are going to be, you know, like they say, the, the second string quarterback is always the most popular guy on, on on the campus, you know, so everyone next year will be rooting for him. I mean, they'll be, I don't, I don't know. Like I say, it's just frustrating, you know, and I can't blame people for, getting fresh calling in. I'm sure you guys are going to hear it all day long. People upset, uh, but you just got to keep persevering and realizing how bad we were. And it just takes a minute to get back. And that's, you just got to be, you know, hold the line. (laughs) Anyways, that's that's all I got. Thanks Rudy. Thanks for the call. You mentioned, you know, the recruiting trail and, and KJ being back, Chuck. I mean, I don't think anyone questions whether KJ is coming back, but I think the answer that, for my seat, at least, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here, is Arkansas's got to find a backup quarterback that they they feel like can run the same offense. And I think that's the area where a lot of people will, will be watching closely is what does Arkansas do with the depth at the quarterback position moving forward? Well, you've, 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 got, to, you've got to identify who the next guys may be. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've, you've got to figure out who the guys after KJ are going to be. I don't know that you sing it. You know, you you might have an idea and say, okay, this guy's going to be the one, but you you obviously are going to recruit more than one. You're going to sign more than one, and um, but but now here's the thing about backup quarterbacks, guys. We kid ourselves sometimes into believing that the backup quarterback is just a whisker behind the starter. It's not. It's a big difference. Think back to when we played Alabama. And uh, their starter went out. When Young went out, there was a drop-off there. But Alabama is the only team, really, that we've played this year that when their starting quarterback went down, they were still good enough to still good enough to win. Most teams in this league, if they lose their starting quarterback and they're playing a good team the next week, they're going to get beat. Most of the teams in our league will get beat. So it's it's... I don't worry, and I don't think it's possible, frankly, to have a second quarterback that's just as good as the first one. I don't think that's possible. Um, but I do think you've got to identify who your next guys are going to be after K.J. Jefferson. I do think that. May not be here right now, guys. No, but, but you got to be on the campus. you got to find a quarterback. I agree. Everything you're saying is right, but you got to find somebody that keeps your offense from being so one-dimensional. 
because this became a, an offense well, on Saturday that, you know, it really became everybody's a one dimensional with their backup guys. Every, I mean, even Alabama in that game, when they, they were one dimensional. Everybody's one dimensional with their backup quarterback. I mean, I hear you, and it would be nice to have the luxury of a guy who's willing to come sit. He's almost as good as the starter. And he's willing to play. He's just willing to stand on the sidelines during the games. He's willing to not play. But he's willing. But he's just almost as good as the other guy. So on a moment's notice, he'll be ready to go in. I just don't think that's realistic. See, I think that that's valid. But there's such a nine-day gap between KJ and Malik and Cade. Now, we saw when KJ came in for Felipe two years ago in Missouri, they weren't one-dimensional. KJ played great in that Missouri game. You had a chance to win. Defensively, you lost that game. We saw Tyler Tyler come in for Ryan in the Auburn game back in the day, and he looked great, and he came in. The, the, The gap that you're talking about is always existent. And every single football team. You're but talking about two exceptions to the rule there, though, Ty. But that's still a thing. I, I think what fans are frustrated with is the fact I that know. The, the offense is... I know what has, they're frustrated by. It's been horrible without KJ or a well, KJ that is not fully healthy. And you see other teams out there that don't have that wide as a gap who? that you seem to right Who? now we, we just brought up alabama alabama still well you're not alabama what? so oh, we're no, not no. alabama i realize so that. we're not alabama chuck, chuck i realize that but to watch arkansas football with the backup relative to what they've been with kj it, it, you would think that the offensive line would step up in that case and we talked about oh they had their worst game of the season they'll be better this week they weren't this week i think that's what's also here saying the fans. well too. that's a fan's take there's no doubt about that but I think when you look at the teams in the SEC, I'm sorry, but I mean, when you look at the teams in the SEC, there is a wide gap, generally speaking. I mean, what team out there that you're playing, if they're starting quarterback, doesn't uh, goes out, doesn't give you the idea, we're going to win the game? I mean, we thought that when Young went out against Alabama. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's always the confidence boost because there is a gap. I hear what you're saying. I, you know, I watched the same game you did, and I hear exactly what you're saying, and I do think that... Their inability to throw the football with horns being on the field is, is um, I mean, that got them. And LSU knew that they didn't have to respect that part of Arkansas's offense. By the same token, when Fortin came in the ball game, you pin your ears back because he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's a willing runner, but he's not going to make anybody miss. But shouldn't Malik be better than he is now well, with it being I, his, what, third year I think the, the way, football program? I, I think mean, the way it was put earlier is the, it's the right approach. I mean, the die is cast on this season. I mean, yes, you could still get bowl eligible, but you know th- this season's not going to live up to most expectations or be above and beyond what you expected for this season. I think that, that that's a fair take. What Chuck said earlier is I think the, what, what you really need to focus on is what's the next wave? We know that Fortin's he's senior, he's gone. And if Hornsby's not your next guy, who's the next wave? Because if KJ has another year, and maybe it's Renfro, we don't know. He spent the year injured with with a knee problem, with an ACL. Who is the next one? Riker Asivo. Who is the next one past KJ? Well, he's not here. He's not here. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's not on campus yet, so that's either a portal or or possibly a high school quarterback. But, you know, that's the question you've got to answer through recruiting. No doubt. I mean, that's why I say. I mean, you've, uh, you know, you've got to. And look, they do every day. 
I mean, it's not like, you know, they come to the office one day and say, man, you know, we better start thinking about who's going <laughs> to succeed KJ. Um, they think about that every day. And they'll have plenty of candidates. And some of them may be recruits. Some of them may be from the portal. Um, you just don't know. I mean, you look at teams right now, I doubt if this time a year ago Oregon thought Bo Nix would be their quarterback. That's true. I, I, mean, I mean, you just don't know. Well, you got more options now with the portal than you had no before. No doubt. So. Hey, we're brought to you by Arvest Bank this morning. They've been around since 1961. They're committed to putting the needs of its customers first, all while offering a wide range of financial services, whether it's for your personal accounts or your business accounts, checking accounts to loans, mortgages and mortgage services, treasury management for your business, credit cards from Arvest for home or for work. Um, They provide loans, deposits, all of it that you need to make it really seamless and easy for you. That's why a customer-first philosophy is so important to everyone at Arvest Bank. Hey, since 1961, Arvest Bank has been committed to putting the needs of its customers first. Arvest Bank, ready to help. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Find them online at arvest.com. Let's talk to Jimmy and Conway. Good morning, Jimmy. Top of the morning, fellas. Hey, there's... Hey, Two, good morning. Two ways to look at Hornsby, uh, in my opinion. He's either not good enough or he's not being developed enough to his strengths. They're not running what they could. But either way, I mean, uh, Liberty came in with their third-string quarterback and beat us. That's uh, a little bit. That's di- uh, a little bit different situation there. This is a guy that has been the starter he was a guy that's been in their program for four years. He started five games before he came to Fayetteville. I mean, a little bit different situation there. Stetson Bennett was a backup. Stetson not as talented Bennett. as the guy that left. Well, come on now. Come on. You're he's not Georgia. I mean, you're not Georgia. I mean, stop it. Stop it. Don't let's 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 not sit here and act like a a team that was over for three years is suddenly on the level of Georgia. After a nine-win season, we're not. Got to have some some developing back there. It's just I, I hate to see it going down like that. Stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Jimmy. So Malachi Singleton is the young man from North Cobb that's coming in from Georgia. But the other thing you need to think about when it comes to these remaining two games, and I don't know if there's any decommits on the horizon because if they keep losing. Who's to say that they won't lose out on a young – who's to say that a young man is like, you know what, I don't like where the tra- trajectory of this program is going. I'm jumping ship. And they've got a lot of guys that are committed right now that her- hopefully will sign on the dotted line when the early signing period comes up. But if you lose four straight games to end the season and you aren't bowl eligible, that's well, a big deal for recruits yet. out there. They I, have. I, I if know, if, if that. that happens, it'll not be good. You're I, right. I, I know that, but that is that is something we need to factor. We're talking about well, recruits but, but and you're, building you're back the You're painting a program. picture of a mass exodus in the in the commitments, and I I don't think there's there's much but of only, an example when you're if your coaching staff stays the same that yeah you, know, you may lose one or two, but the idea that you're going to lose you know a third of your class, I I don't I don't think that's I'm not, the but all it takes is one or two. Arkansas has the smallest room for error relative to other teams. You can't miss on portal games. They've not lost those four games you're talking about yet. Yeah, they've that, not lost those games. They've lost two of the four. But, when but, it, but, 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 but let's not jump to the conclusion. Let's not go from we've lost two in a row. Oh, my God, we're going to lose four games in a row. We're going to lose all our recruits. I mean, you don't determine the trajectory of your program inside a one- or two-week period. What I'm saying is Arkansas 
compared to other teams you compete against, like, say, LSU, has But it's always been that way, Kai. I, I, I know that, but when it comes to the transfer portal, talking to NIL, you can't miss on portal kids. You can't You can't have one or two kids dip out because it's that big. You don't have the luxury. You're talking about the luxury of Georgia, the luxury of LSU, the luxury of Alabama. Arkansas doesn't have that, so it's so well, we important. We know that. It's that always have, been that way. Uh, okay, that's what I'm saying. Like You cannot end your season this bad. That's what I'm saying. You have to end it with at least one win, get to a bowl game, and do that. And I'm not I don't think anyone's 100% confident that they're going to go to a bowl game. When you guys asked 2 weeks ago, do I think that they're 100% going to a bowl game? I said I didn't know. And y'all came at me pretty hard. Now we're 2 games away. I don't remember that, but Now we're I'm, 2 games away from that actually becoming a reality and gut check time, which is here right now. That's a huge issue for this football you got team. Two teams left that are headed in opposite directions. Ole Miss clearly headed in the wrong direction the last couple of weeks. Missouri, despite the outcomes, that they they appear to be playing better football at this. Well, point, it's, so. it's the same thing going into this week as it was last week. Last week you said we got three games left. We could win them all. We could lose them all. This week you got two games left. You could win them both. You could lose them both. And uh, they may very well be close games just like the one you played Saturday. I suspect they will be if you want to get right down to it. Well, and, you know, I think because it's LSU and you're so used to playing them, we, we, we lose sight a little bit in the calculus on this week. You did lose to the number seven team in the college football playoff standings. And who, as Chuck said earlier, will represent the SEC West, right. who with that win, with Ole Miss's loss, is Not chop liver. in the SEC it's a much different deal than the Liberty loss. I, I really think our overall view this year has been defined by the Texas A&M game and the Liberty game. I think for, you know, if, 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 if you want to go, you know, if you want to look for the half-empty part, you know, you certainly point to those two games. Well, and just one of them right he, now would get you where you want to be as far as postseason, uh, you know. I, I just think that, and I said this on Hog Reaction, you've been one good football team this year, Cincinnati. Where's the other good win that you have on your schedule that you said that is a good football team? You've got one. It's the opening game of your season. Well, at the time, South Carolina appeared like one, but they haven't held up. You're right. Well, part of it's winning, you know, as we've talked about this before. I mean, you got to beat those teams. You think those games aren't important? We'll lose one of them. You think the Liberty game's not important? We'll lose it. Yep. You, you find out real fast how important it is. But, again, we wouldn't be listening to the frustrated callers. We wouldn't be uh, hearing from people that are angry. We wouldn't be getting the text we're getting if it didn't matter. And, and that's nothing new. It's no always doubt mattered. about it. And that's, what we're hearing is reaction because people are upset because it matters. Morning therapy with Tommy, well, just Ty, and Chuck. You know, your problem, you, know, you can call it empathy or, uh, or whatever, but you get, to a, you get to a point, you know, that if, where apathy sets in. I don't think we're anywhere near apathy based no, on the I, calls that we got. I remember the days of apathy. Yeah. This is not where we want it to be, but it's a lot better. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
Following the loss to LSU, Coach Pittman explained why KJ did not go this weekend. Felt better early in the week. Threw a few balls on Monday, Tuesday, nine. Wednesday felt better. I just asked him to have a plan of because he was in no man's land. You know, he's like out in the desert, nowhere to go. You know, he didn't hurt. It was sore. And the bottom line is Thursday afternoon, that was it. He hadn't practiced in two weeks much. And we decided the best thing for him would be to rest. Uh, hopefully, he'll be ready by Monday. He'll be ready for Ole Miss. That's kind of in a nutshell why KJ didn't play well, this weekend. You watched pregame, and Chuck, I know you were were tuned into that just like everybody else in the stadium. He stood there with his arms crossed, watching Hornsby and Fortin, and 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 the drills going on. He he really never moved much off that spot till the drill changed, and you knew at that point he wasn't going to be the guy despite what John George announced as the starters prior to the yeah, game. Well, it was uh, um, you know it was a deal where. You know, you could tell Quinn. Quinn can always look at how they're taped up and tell whether or not they're going to play. He looked at KJ's feet and he said he's not going to play. And so, um, you know, sometimes you got to play the long game. And I kind of think that's what they're doing right here. We got to get to six wins. That's important. You got to get to a bowl game. It is important for the life of your program to get to a bowl game. And um, I, I suspect in the final analysis, their thinking was that. You know, if K.J. doesn't play this week, um, next week he'll be as healthy as he can possibly be this time of year. If he does play this week, let's say we don't win, physically, win or lose, you're right back in the same spot on Monday morning. You're right back in the very same position you were the week before. He can't throw. He's not going to practice much. Spend the whole week wondering whether or not he can play. Um, The weather was the great equalizer, in my mind, on Saturday. And... um, I think that's part of the reason it was such a close game at the end of the day. But, um, you know, I, 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 I do think the long game here was, you know, he's going to play the university down the road from where he grew up. Uh, Ole Miss is a special game to him. Let's get him as healthy as we can get him. Let's beat Ole Miss. Let's get to six. Roll the dice at Missouri and hope he's good enough to, you know, hope he's well enough to play. But, you know, um, I understand the strategy. It's not much consolation when you lose, but I do think sometimes you've got to look at the big picture and play the long game. It's going to be cold again on Saturday night when Ole Miss comes into town. They are three-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites right now on the Just remember who begged for a night game. Just remember oh, that. Oh, <laughs> I, listen, I was, I was happy about it. I don't care how cold it yeah. is. And, hey. It'll be cold when you're doing it, that post-game well, you show. You've got to stay too, the whole game. Yeah. you got to stay the whole game now. I'll and be the post-game show. Oh, yeah. And you got to tailgate. you yeah. got to tailgate. You've oh, been wanting yeah. to tailgate. <laughs> So you got to tailgate. You asked for it. Listen, I'll, you, I have to tailgate. I'll fall on that sword. I'll jump on that grenade. Man, I have to tailgate this Saturday. What well, what bummer. I'm saying is this is what you wanted, so you got to stay out there all day no matter how cold it is. Yeah. That's what the fireball's for, Chuck. Okay, I know, well, well, you got a post-game show to do. Well, I'm get after drunk it. on the post-game then. Well, you're I ain't going to be sober. Well, uh, whatever. I'm just being yeah. honest. Uh, all right, some other basketball news. Lane Blocker signed his national letter of intent this weekend, he is officially an Arkansas Razorback five-star kid playing at Sunrise Christian right now. So also, Nick put a picture out of him in the brace. It's the first time I've seen him in a brace on his right knee. That he actually, Sounds like progress to me, though, <laughs> that you're seeing a glimpse of what's going on. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like progress. Sure. Hope it's something. I don't 
Yeah, we haven't got it. There's no timetable yet. Maybe we'll hear yeah. something from Coach. I think he has his press conference today, if I remember that right. We'll hear something on Wednesday when they play South Dakota State. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any All right, we're stacked up with calls. Got to make these quick. Charlie and Camden, you're up first, man. Go ahead. Rapid fire, rapid fire. All right, can you guys actually hear me? Because I'm in a Okay, well, let me be real quick. Guys, I I am really proud of the defensive efforts from our team the other day. What a a game played by Barry, first of all. And uh, I thought that was the best tackling that they have done all year long up to this point. Chuck, I agree. The weather's been apart in some of it. I'll tell you what, this defense has gotten a little more healthy, and if you think about it, since the second half of Liberty last week, I mean, they've been playing really good football, and uh, I'm really proud of the way they played, man. I mean, I can't say enough about them. Um, I don't think anybody thought what happened would have happened when Kay got in there and did what he did, but I'm going to tell you this, guys. I, I think we win the game if we make some sort of adjustment to – either chip 40 more often or do something. I, I just don't like allowing one guy to beat you. And to me, you know, you say, well, we got a block team. They're lining him up over your backup right tackle every play. I think you're starting to lose Charlie there. Charlie, I mean, that's what I said. And we got another texture saying the same thing. At that point in the game, you've got to do, and maybe they did, maybe we just didn't see it. I went back and watched the game. It felt like that Perkins was still in one-on-one situations when he sacked or force the fumble. That's just, that's where I came down on this. Eddie's in Ozark. Eddie, you are on the morning rush. Um, the gentleman that called earlier, you know, upset about the officiating. You know, I really think that happens in, whether you're watching Arizona and Washington State at 1030 at night, that happens in every conference. So that's frustrating across the board. I think a lot of Hawk fans, you know, don't watch maybe a lot of other games and they just hone in on the Hawks. And when one of those plays happens and the review doesn't go their way, so it's frustrating on every level. Pro college, it happens. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating that every camera angle is not the same. You would think in this day and age, every stadium would have the same camera angles. So that's, that's a frustrating thing. And then the second point real quick, you know, talking about talking about the officiating, we're kind of missing the point on we should have taken that field goal early. Again, I think that's happening in all levels too, where if it's analytics or whatever you want to call it, decisions are made to go for it when you should take the points. So that happens a lot, especially last year or so. And that can be frustrating for a fan too, to not get those points when – Conventional wisdom says you probably should take them. And you lost by three. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty on that. I, I brought it up earlier. You're trying to give Malik confidence at the beginning of the game. Say, we think he can score a touchdown here. It blew up in their face. And that fourth down, too. So I, I get what Sam was trying to do. But at the same time, you look at it. Points were hard to come by in that but game. Points were hard to come by. But three more doesn't win you the game. It maybe gets you to overtime in hindsight. But, you know, you don't get to coach the game in, in hindsight. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. 
from financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Not going to lie, I thought TCU was going down this weekend in Austin. That's what I get for believing in the Longhorns. They survive in Austin. They go to Waco this weekend, so that's could be another place where they'd fall. But I want to ask this morning, who are the best four teams that you've seen thus far in college football? Who are your college football playoff teams after, was it week 10 or week 11? Yep. In the, I guess week 11 in the college football season. Who are you okay with putting in there right now? Well, Georgia, I think, is going to be in all of our answers. Mm-hmm. And I know Tennessee's not going to be in that top four. And you got to consider Ohio State and Michigan amongst them. But I don't know how you also leave Tennessee out. I mean, does anyone here on this show believe that if Tennessee and TCU teed it up Saturday, who thinks TCU's winning that game? You, Ty? You, Chuck? I, I, I don't. I think no. Tennessee's still amongst the best four in the country based on what I've seen. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the rankings are going to look in, like. I think Georgia and Tennessee are in the top two. I do think you have to put TCU in there right now, based on their record. Um, you know, based on the fact they're unbeaten. I think you got to put them in there. And um, I'm not sure who's better between Michigan and Ohio State, but I'm sure the winner of that one will end up being in the top four too. And I'm I'm certain that these coaches that will be in the top four, whoever that will be, we got an idea right now. They're glad the playoff hasn't expanded at this point because Alabama at like a seven seed or a eight seed or somewhere in there would wreck some plans. Uh, yeah, what do you I like mean, to say? They have a way of spoiling your plans. If anyone believes they're outside the top five or six, truly, I mean, just you know, I know they've lost the the pair of games, but that'd be another team that they're not going to make the playoff, and their record says they shouldn't. But but man, they they could be one that would be there in the championship, maybe even win the whole thing, Chuck. Well, now given the chance. I will say this to you, and I didn't think I'd be saying this, but I believe this today. LSU's better than Alabama right now. LSU is better than Alabama. Um, I don't know who's number two in the league behind Georgia, but I don't think it's Alabama anymore. Um, You know, Alabama beat Ole Miss Saturday. That was a great win. LSU dismantled Ole Miss. I mean, LSU just dismantled Ole Miss. And um, LSU beat Alabama. And right now, and a lot of it's because of penalties. I don't think it's a um, – um, I think a lot of the little things Alabama's done in the past, they're not doing this year. They're still a great team. But if you're picking the best teams out of – if you were going to say, all right, we're going to put three of the best teams in the SEC into the Final Four, I'd put LSU in over Alabama right now. But do you believe leaving the stadium Saturday, what we saw – Collectively, guys, on Saturday, you saw one of the best teams in the country. Did you leave with that opinion? Georgia's going to boat race in the SEC did, championship. Did you, oh, I don't believe I don't believe Georgia's going to boat race him. I think Georgia's better, but I don't I don't I don't think it's going to be a blowout. LSU's got a lot of speed on defense, guys. We 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 play with great effort on Saturday. I mean, you can get mad. You can uh, you can lump two weeks together if you want. You can talk about Texas A and M. You you can say whatever you want. But uh, we play with great effort Saturday against a good team, a team that's going to Atlanta, um, a team that has beaten Alabama, a team that has dismantled Ole Miss, 
how in the world they lost to Florida State on opening Saturday or the opening weekend, I have no idea. Brian Kelly didn't have the guts to go for it or go for two against Florida State, and then he went for two against Alabama, and we saw what happened. But, you know, you talk about coaches, you know, coaches growing into their jobs. I think Brian Kelly's gotten better as the season's worn on. I think he's grown into that job. He seemed like a fish out of water. But he got on the football field, which is their sanctuary, and they got away from all that noise, and I think we're figuring out he's a pretty good coach. I, I was really impressed with LSU's speed on defense. I think that's what gives them a chance against Georgia. Georgia's better overall, but I think that team speed gives them a shot. Yeah, he turned to the sideline in that Bama game. He said, let's go for two, y'all. You know, and that's, yeah. uh, that was the, that was my, the family, my family <laughs> thinks we should go for two. Yeah. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one. Ram dealer, log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. Let's talk about something positive just for a sec. Basketball team looked really good on Friday night. It was fun to watch. I was glad I was in attendance for that. As And Chuck, it was a good crowd, man. Was it probably 14,000, 15,000 in attendance? I don't know what the uh, actual turnstile scanning number was. I know they listed it at 19-2. Obviously, there wasn't that many people there. You know, I'm going to say this weekend, and, and this was one of my takeaways from the weekend, was, man, I thought our fans responded. Uh, Friday night and Saturday, too. You know, when I drove up to the stadium, and I went a little bit later because I knew the traffic wasn't going to be great, I, I drove. I didn't get there till probably 9.15, which is really late for me. I mean, an hour and 45 minutes before kickoff is late for me. But I knew that the traffic wouldn't be bad. And when I pulled in, I thought, oh, gosh, this is going to be bad. We're not going to have anybody here. And uh, I just walked right in, drove right up. It was simple. But, man, right around 11 o'clock, everybody just seemed to flood into the stadium. And I thought it was a great crowd. I thought they were engaged. They stayed till the end. There was traffic after the game. And uh, there have been games this year, even when we won, where by the time I leave, the traffic's died down. I left an hour or so after the game. There was still traffic. So uh, people came. They showed up. Uh, they stayed late. They played the plays with the team. And I, I just thought both Friday night and Saturday, they were really, really good crowds. And it was not a real pleasant day outside. No, it wasn't easy. No. It wasn't easy. You were telling us in hour one that Dylan brought two buddies that had mm -hmm. their first experience with the Razorback game, and uh, their only complaint was the Wi-Fi. So <laughs> well, that's a 12-year-old's complaint, well, though. You know, yeah. yeah, you got to play Minecraft every now and then during uh, during the game. But <laughs> So, I mean, I, you know, a little different perspective. But, yeah, I mean, it was... It was fun, but it wasn't an, an easy day, and there were a lot of people. As we walked back through the gardens to get to our car, we were parked down, uh, you know, closer to MLK and and there at Lot Fifty Six, and there were a lot of people setting back up, like you said, Chuck, and staying after the game and watching TV. Now they probably had a little antifreeze in them by then, but uh, you know, there, it was a good crowd. Antifreeze. It was. It was a very it, and 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 listen, you were thankful to be sitting in the sun. Probably the worst seats in the house, honestly, were in the south end zone and those club seats or whatever's on that same level that never gets any sun. Those are great in September, but a day like Saturday, you want you didn't want the shade. You wanted uh, you want a little exposure. I can just tell you in our booth in the morning up until noon, the sun was shining into the booth, and I was glad it was. And as the day went on, even though the temperature came up a little bit in the shade there, we had the windows open too, so it was uh, 
it got chilly as the day went on. So yeah, let's no. talk about this basketball game a little bit. What do you guys think, Chuck? Uh, another game without Nick Smith. We don't know when he's going to be back. You hope to see him certainly by Maui, but uh, Ricky Council's kind of pulled the slack a little bit in these uh, last couple of games. The thing that I'm impressed with is how well they're playing defense as a unit, um, you know, so early in the season. And I know the competition's going to get a little bit better out in Maui. I don't know about the Louisville game, but the ones after that certainly lost will. Again. Yeah, Did they really? Louisville's 0-2. Yeah, Wright State beat them Saturday, and uh, they're 0-2 right now. So, um, but but I think defensively, this this has the potential to be a really, really good team. And um, this is not going to be a high-scoring team, I don't think. It's not going to be, you know, we're going to see some high-flying plays, but it's not going to be a great three-point shooting team. I don't think it's going to be a team that scores 90 points or 100 points. I think a lot of their offense is going to come from their defense. But I really think teams are going to have a hard time scoring against the Razorbacks this year. Fordham zoned them a little bit. That's the first time in a while we've seen them do that. And Arkansas, again, like you said. Only Anthony, a little bit, though. Yeah. Only, only a very little bit. Anthony and some guys took some threes. But they're, they're just not, as you just said, going to be a great three-point shooting team. But what makes them so difficult to play is in the game with 30 turnovers if you're the Rams and a lot of those turnovers led to easy baskets you had one of the dunks of the season where Ricky Council caught it from Devo Davis and just threw it down he also hit a corner three I said all offseason I think he's going to be my favorite player just because he plays both ways you got a lot of guys that play both ways on this yeah. basketball team. You're not going to play if you don't, Tom. It's what well, you always say. You, you know, those 30 turnovers turned into 30 points. That's 30 of 74. I mean, I, I don't know what the math is on that. It's about 40% or whatever of your points. You get 30 off turnovers. I don't know many teams are going to beat you, Chuck. Well, you look at the turnovers force, the points off turnovers, and then the points in the paint. I think they were plus 20 on points in the paint. Uh, that's, 34, that's, according to this. Yeah. Arkansas had 54, and okay. uh, Fordham had 20. Oh, all right. So, um, you know, that's off the dribble drive. I, I, I mean, that's attacking the paint, and that's attacking the rim, and that's the kind of team I think we're going to see. And the transition points off those turnovers. I imagine I yeah. didn't get to see the game, but most of those turnovers probably turned into dunks oh, and layups. Oh, absolutely, so. yeah. And, and that's why I say I, 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 I don't think this is going to be a great three-point shooting team, but I do think they're going to get a lot of baskets off of the defensive end, turnovers, transition, fast-break points, and um, I think there's going to be a lot of that. Can they turn into a better three-point shooting team? I mean, is this – and their free throws have uh, have not been great either. They've shot in the upper 60s. Can they be better in those two areas? When Nick yeah, comes back? And, and, and I think they're going to have to be. Not just Nick, but I, th I, think, I think they're going to have to be because a big part of what they do is get to the free throw line. Uh, I mean, FTAs is a big part of what they do. And so, you know, if that's a big part of what you do, you better make them. Now – you know, you're going to have the ball in certain people's hands. You were talking about Council. Council shot 85% from the line last year at Wichita State. He's going to be money in the bank at the line down the stretch. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll figure out, and I don't think it's going to take very long, quite honestly. We're going to figure out who's going to have the ball in those moments when they know they're headed to the free throw line, or at least who they're going to try to get the ball to. So I think, I think they can be adequate in terms of their free throw shooting. I don't think they're you know, three-point shooting, so much of that's getting your feet set within the framework of your offense, uh, who you're playing on defense. I don't know that they're going to be a great three-point shooting team at any point this year, but I think they can offset that with points off turnovers and points in the paint. And to reiterate the point that you're making here, 74 points in the game, 54 of them came in the paint. 
You know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That, and eleven of those were fast break points, but still. That, and it's not like you're dropping it down to some seven footer, you know, who's just scoring at will inside on five footers. I mean, that's from attacking the rim. That's from yeah. everybody attacking the rim, running the floor, transition, points off turnovers. All that stuff factors into points in the paint. They're fun to watch on the break. It's hard to it's hard to look away because if you look down at your phone one second, you're probably going to miss a, a highlight reel play. Let's talk to JW in London. Go ahead, JW. Hey, good morning, y'all. I love Razorback hoops, but it's still football season to me. And I've got a quick take, if you'll indulge me. Bring it on. Uh, I tell you what, there's a big elephant in the room that nobody seems to be talking about. A lot of us fans recognize it. You know, we're not playing Pop Warner football. We're playing in the SEC West. And that big elephant may very well be the Crimson Tide. But for sure, it's in Birmingham in the nature of the SEC uh, home office. What I'm curious about coming Saturday, because I watched it two weeks in a row of SEC making non-calls or calls that shouldn't have been made to determine the outcome of the game, in my estimation. It changed the flow of the game. Let's put it that way. So what I want to know is that when we tee it up against Ole Miss, who does the SEC home office want to win that game? <laughs> I'm hoping they don't give it. I'm hoping they don't care because we're going to bring. You know, we played with great intensity against two very good teams. We played as good as you can expect us to play. After a while, it just gets it gets frustrating as a fan because I want them people on the field to determine the outcome of the game, not the SEC home office. And like I said, it is making me crazy. You know, I don't. You know, the SEC West is, in my estimation, the pinnacle of college football. But you need to let the boys on the field determine that pinnacle. Basketball is different. You can't control basketball like you can control football. But you're officiating and the way it's done at certain times, and I've watched it at all different levels of football, can be determined by the officiating staff and the people who are making those final determinations. I'll let you hit that first. I mean, I would assume most are coming back to the, to the, to the play that was ruled a first down that went to replay. I think I think he was short of the line to gain, but I don't think there was a replay angle that could prove that. You know that you could look and say, "All right, right here is where you can show forward progress did not go beyond this spot." I I think it would be the greatest conspiracy that has been kept secret in the history of the world of, of what fans say and what JW's opinion was was actually true. I mean. What? Can you imagine all the people you got to let in on this? A different referee crew every week in multiple games to keep keep this grand strategy alive of keeping these two or three or four teams at the at the heap of the the top of the heap. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't think there's this grand conspiracy to keep 
the Arkansas program down and everyone else up in this You league. didn't lose against Liberty and LSU because of the officiating. If you remember, you also stopped LSU on that drive, got the ball back. Harold Perkins forced that fumble, and the yeah, game was Yeah, but you over. didn't have any timeouts. You didn't have any timeouts left. The, the, the spot was the only call that yeah. I really had an issue with, and I don't think you have to have a perfect angle. I mean, guys, you got five people up there in the booth, in that replay booth at the stadium. You got people everywhere. I mean, just watch the replay on TV. You don't have to have the perfect angle on that one. I agree. Um, um, I, I, I think not having the perfect angle becomes an excuse for a, for just a basic eye test sometimes. Not always. But um, that was the only call that I had an issue with. I always have an issue with, I, I, I think they need to expedite replay. But, uh, my God, they've got, again, five yep. people upstairs. you got umpteen people in Alabama, and it takes, you know, five minutes to come up with a call that everybody that was watching the game three beers in is able to tell what yeah. happened well there were a couple of plays and and there were people you know where i was sitting there in the stadium bemoaning or you know around on the on the one pass that looked clearly like a forward pass that was ruled a fumble replay fixed it that, that's what the officials are trained to do is to let that play play itself that's right. out that's exactly and they right. quickly got through that one the second one looked like a forward pass, but on the I first blush at replay, it was clearly knocked from Fortin's hand uh, forward, and that's why it looked like a forward pass, but it was clearly a fumble. And those both of those replays did not take long, Chuck, to, well, you to did get to have, the conclusion. Right. Well, I mean, you had in that portion of the game, you had you know, you had replay calls that came into play. And and I'm 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 speaking generally. I'm I'm not so much talking about that specific sequence. I understand why it took longer on the spot. What I can understand is after taking that long for them to say, yeah, that was the correct spot. Um, that's the part that I didn't get. But big picture, that's really the only one that I looked at at the end mm -hmm. of the day and thought, man, you know, because you did have to spend timeouts. And, and uh, um, you know, it was much more desperation when you got the ball, you know. So I, I just uh, – but that's not why Arkansas lost the ball game. Mm -hmm. Hey, I hope everybody's heater's working well. Um, that is one thing that I will say this morning. And if it's not, or if you've got questions, or if you just want to make sure everything's working the way it should, I would highly recommend Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. And I would highly recommend their Pascal Protection Plan because that's going to make certain everything's in working order. Not just now, but when we get to the spring, when we get to the summer, and when we start doing this again next year. As we all know, uh, this process never really stops. Pascal's Arkansas owned. They're, they're Arkansas operated. Charlie Boyce is the owner. Charlie Boyce is the owner. It doesn't seem possible that, you know, <laughs> the guy that we watch pitch against Wichita State's, you know, grown man. He's a third-generation operator of uh, HVAC, and, I mean, he really knows his business. And, you know, they've got locations. They've been in northwest Arkansas for over 50 years. They're expanding into the River Valley to Hot Springs, Searcy, Cabot, Newport. They're in southwest Missouri now. Professional people professional service gopascal.com and you know, one thing i will say about that i do like being in the stadium that you don't get at home is when they do go to replay they do put up on the big screen like all of the different angles like you kind of showing them I like that. and what is there probably 12 different angles they're looking at i guess it may, may vary from week to week but i like the idea and i think that's why it does take time on particular parts of the field there's so many different angles you can choose from but i do like being able to see that when i'm in the stadium 
You know, about three years ago, it was a really interesting day. They brought all the SEC play-by-play guys and color guys down there to Birmingham, and we went into that room, and they, you know, we went through calls just like they go through, and we watched the process and all that. And it is, uh, it's not as simple as it looks. And I do understand how, man, if you get caught up in certain angles, I mean, all of a sudden, five minutes can slip away. Oh, yeah. And these guys want to do their job right. They want to do their job right. But sometimes the desire to do your job exactly right, I think, in my opinion, uh, leads to uh, um, you know taking a little bit longer than it should. But it is a very interesting process that they go through to get to that call, and I know they do it as quickly as they can. But it does seem like they get bogged down sometimes. Well, and what we don't see sometimes—that's why I like that view in the stadium when they when they put that up. You don't realize sometimes how long it takes to get that angle or that video to the officials from the truck. It's not just the referee no, sitting right. there with his thumb right. up his rear. Sometimes it's the replay guy in the truck who has to provide the feed. And if that's not going right, what, what are you supposed to do? No, I mean, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So we think right. it's there all on the guy in the stripes. Factors. Particularly in basketball, this happens because they're, you know, who knows where sometimes. You know, it's not as easy. And in basketball, you're a lot more likely to have a, a student-run uh, technical setup than well, you are in, in football. The one thing that I think has to be avoided is that you replay can't be a crutch it can't be a crutch it's got to be an aid it's got to help you get the close ones right i think sometimes and i sit right by the replay people in basketball i know for a fact i can point it out when uh they do lean on replay too much and they're too anxious to get over there I can name you four or five refs in the sec right now that if they're ref in the game there's going to be a lot of replays you know and there are other guys that, that call the game, you know. And um, so I do think there's a little bit of a dependency on that sometimes. And I do think in basketball maybe it comes into play more than football. Well, to me, I you know, lean on it more at the end of the game and less on it I agree with for that. the other 35 I, I or 37 agree minutes. With that. When you get to the I end of the game absolutely agree with that. and the game is in the balance, take all the time you need to get it right in the last three, four, five minutes of the game. That, but when it's 26 to 22 – Let's not spend five minutes over there. Well, was the clock supposed to be at 1742 or 1744? Hey, in did the first you half? notice? Did you <laughs> notice, Tommy? I don't know if you noticed. I didn't. Rick Schaefer pointed it out to me. You know, that first replay that they went back and they ruled it an incomplete pass, they let the clock run. You know, Baskerville picked up the ball and he ran down the field. The clock was running during all that. And during that long replay review, for whatever reason, they never paid attention to the clock because they never put that time back up on the board. Now, as it turned out, it didn't matter. But that was about 20, 25 seconds there. And uh, didn't you know, it didn't matter at the end of the game as it turned out. But I did notice that. And with all the time that they spend making sure they've got the time right, on that one, it seemed like it got overlooked. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can 
get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pasco have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pasco protection plan. Call the pros at Pasco and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPasco.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Arkansas's defense gave you several takeaways on Saturday, and you really weren't able to convert on them, especially in the red zone at certain points. And guys, I honestly thought that the offense was going to be inspired by the defense and just how well they played again, their best game. But for whatever reason, offensively, you couldn't get anything going in that football game. Well, they weren't able to throw early on. I mean, they weren't a threat to throw. And, you know, LSU had a pretty good idea of what Arkansas was going to do. And, I mean, I thought going into the game it was going to be a defensive struggle. I did not expect a high-scoring game. The conditions had a lot to do with that. Personnel had a lot to do with that. I thought if Arkansas was going to win it, it, it was it was going to have to be a low-scoring game because I just didn't think they'd be able to to uh, score a lot of points, you know, without having KJ in there. So um, they did what they had to do to put themselves in a position to win. But I do think early on just the inability to throw the ball, and not just early on, really. I mean, the whole game. Just just the inability to throw the ball gave LSU's defense a big head start. Lock of the year was the under. I mean, snow's falling <laughs> Friday night, yeah. and I have I, – I, I did not bet on this game. I wish I would have because I thought Arkansas was going to somehow, some way, find a way to cover when Saturday morning rolled around. Didn't feel that this week, but – And it went to, they, what, five or six? I mean, it – it elevated as the as we got closer to game time. So, so what ended up happening is snow falls on the ground Friday night. I've got several friends that use the Bet Saracen app. They get on it. All of them bet fifty bucks on the under. All and made some money. <laughs> I mean that was. I can't only. imagine it was twenty two and a half. So in other words, <laughs> this thing played out about like you thought it would. Like you said, I mean, what's the the cold impact? And I know Kelly downplayed it this week, but dude, y'all hadn't been in this weather for six well, months. So let's not just go crazy over the fact the offense didn't score a lot of points. My my, the point that I'm making is is that I think everybody had an idea this was going to be a low scoring game going in. So, you know, if that was your thought going in. Let's not complain too much about them not putting 30 on the board because we didn't think that was going to happen anyway. But I think to that point, the defense did so much to help carry the offense in this one, and you still weren't able to do anything outside that one long ball to Matt where Cade got drilled by Perkins on that play and ended up making a great touchdown. It's one thing to say, well, you're not expecting – much but that's the way low-scoring games are. That's mm-hmm. the way they are. I, I mean, LSU didn't – they scored 32 against Alabama. They scored 13 Saturday. I mean, they didn't set the world on fire offensively either. So, I, I mean, 
it was that kind of ball game where you're probably only going to have a handful of chances to make plays. And um, LSU just made a few more. Which magnifies the decision to go for it on fourth down and not kick the field goal. But, you know, he still wouldn't have won the football game. He'd have gotten maybe to overtime if everything else played out the same. But, but that was still early but in it was the early. game. I mean, just, just, just to assume that, you know, if you take the three points there, everything's going to play out the very same way and you're going to be right there at the end. I mean, that's, that's doing a lot of assuming. I think, but, look, here's the deal. When you make a decision like that and it works, it's a great call. <laughs> when it doesn't work, you're an idiot. Or worse, if you don't even think about doing it, like Kelly did against Florida State back at the start of the year, you're a wimp. So, I mean, it's, it's um, again, it, it's one of those plays, if it works, it's a great call. If it doesn't work, it's what, you know, what were you thinking? Let's talk to Nelson Harrison. Go ahead, Nelson. Hey, guys, I got a few quick, just real quick things. The first thing is the fourth, going for it on first down was not a problem. Going for it on fourth down with 12 yards to go when you should have punted it and let your defense have a chance to stop them was yards. a major problem. What, what what fourth down are you talking about? Uh, Near midfield? Yeah. Because it, then you gave yeah, them that touchdown. That was not fourth and 12, yeah. but it was fourth down, obviously, yes. And, uh, you know, I mean, then you gave them that because it ended up being a sack and you gave them the ball and that's when they got their touchdown. So, uh, anyways, that's that's one major issue. And, Ty, I mean, what you're saying about Perkins, man, uh, Hornsby had 10 yards on that dude, and he still caught him. He caught him three times. He was fast. He was quick. I mean, they put – they chipped him with Trey Knox. They even chipped him with Sanders a couple times, and he beat them all. That was just uh, you good. Nelson? That was just a, choked up. A great, great player. Yeah. And the one, the fourth down. Yeah. I'm thinking about Nelson. It was fourth and two at the LSU say, 48. We got fourth and eight. We've got well. Fourth well and I'm two looking right well. at it. It was fourth it and became, two. You lost 12 I mean, yards on the yeah, play. Yeah, they lost that's the 12, 12 yards. That's that's yeah. the play you're yeah, talking that's the about. 12. He slipped and they lost that yard. <laughs> it's not. It was fourth and two it's at the expanded. 48. It's expanded. No, I'm telling. This isn't a fish story. It was fourth and two, <laughs> and you lost 12 yards. Chuck, we feel the factual th- statement. We feel the call earlier. Oh, that's the fourth call we've had on it. It's been fourth and three, fourth and five, fourth and 12. It's just gone up. It was fourth and two. Bigger, everybody. bigger and bigger. And it was in the morning. third quarter, not the fourth. Did they score? I don't know. Did they, is Nelson right? Did they actually score a touchdown on that I possession? I think they scored twice off that. Uh, did play. they? Yeah, I think so. Scored 15 on that? They scored 15 on that off that play. bad decision there. Let's see. Uh, LSU took it next, and um, yes, they scored a touchdown. Okay. So. Yeah, Thirteen I, I to guess, three. That I was think, their final score. I guess Butte caught that post route and then they punched it in after that. If I remember that right, they. I mean, they shut down Butte the most of the game. I think. I mean, Barry Odom's done a really admirable job this last game and a half. Now they didn't necessarily do that in the first half against Liberty, but everyone and this was without Slusher too. And I know that there's been games this season that he hasn't participated, but they. I mean, they just got it. They got after Daniels. Daniels didn't know what was going on in that game. They were they were in the backfield. All we're, we're talking about Perkins being in Arkansas's backfield. Drew Sanders and company were in Jaden Daniels' backfield all game long. I mean, he didn't have any anywhere to throw the ball to, and when he did, he was getting hit too. Oh, Arkansas's game plan was great defensively. I, I mean, they uh, um, you know they 
played their best game of the year. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Let's talk to Woods at Benville. Go ahead, Woods. Hey, guys. Um, only a couple comments. I, I'm glad I didn't catch you before the break. That way that I didn't get cut off. But um, I was really happy with the effort that the team gave this week. Uh, like, it was, you know, I mean, it could have gone really south if you think about it. Um, but also, Chuck, uh, quit quit stroking Charlie Boyce's ego. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, him and uh, Clint Brandon couldn't find the left-handed curveballs in the, in the storage facility whenever they were freshmen. So, Here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is what happens, Ty. When you're the young guy, uh-huh. you, you get picked on. I'm used to it, man. So my other thing is, is I'm tossing my hat into the ring, and I hope that there's people in uh, the Burlesworth Foundation um, that are listening to this. I'm going to be uh, the head of uh, the Stetson Bennett, um, <laughs> you know, uh, his his campaign. To win, campaign manager. to win that award. Yeah. I think uh Woods appreciate the call. I'd be shocked if Bennett didn't win it this year. I mean, I would think that he's pretty much a shoe in. What more do you need to do? <laughs> uh, national champion. Maybe twice national champion. The, the award will be handed uh, out before then. But. Uh, undefeated. Yeah. And it's probably going to go to him. Let's talk to Randy in Fort Smith. Go ahead, Randy. Uh, I was just going to comment on the, the uh, not uh, just letting Daniels go one-on-one with your left, your right tackle. Uh, Perkins, uh, you we mean? did, yeah, Perkins, <laughs> yeah, Perkins. Uh, he he did. We did double team him a couple of times, and he didn't even get off the line of scrimmage. Uh, the last play of the game, uh, the running back that went off into the flat, uh, he he should have chipped him, or somebody should have chipped him. But I'm a Cowboy fan, and I watched Michael Parsons last night. He didn't have one on one any play in that game, so couldn't allow that guy to do that. Sorry, guys, I'm working out. But uh, easy enough, you have to do something when a guy's killing you like that. What are you doing right uh, now, Randy? Are you is bench? It, is it leg day or I'm leg day? Well, the day is leg day. And, uh, I'm just getting loose right here, brother. And I'm going to hit it pretty hard here in a minute. Does the morning rush get uh, your adrenaline pumping? Is it that extra incentive? Is it like that? Uh, uh, you know, no. I'm going to say this. No problem with the effort. And I'm definitely not on the fire pitman at this point. But I don't I don't like some things I'm seeing. But I think he can fix it. I hope he does. I was, I really, really like him, and uh, uh, I love the defense, too, bringing the blitz. Uh, I've always been a guy that's going to be aggressive. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die fast. <laughs> well, I better get off here. Y'all have a good day. Right. Well, I was going to say, you keep making him talk, he's going to have a heart attack. Yeah. Chuck likes a good squat rack, don't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, everybody does. <laughs> What do you think you leg press there, Chuck? Uh, I'm not getting into that. Nah, you don't want to brag. You don't want to brag, do you? I'll get in. That's. I mean, you're looking at a guy. Chuck's got some. I mean, some bowed up cannons down there. I'd be shocked if it was anything. If he's not leg pressing anything less than 400 pounds, I mean, that's a. Don't sell him short. He's more than 450. That's a country Clarksville boy right there. That's a guy that is just bred the right way. Chuck Barrett can leg press 450 easily. All right, is this you said one legged? Is this a first time? Yeah, that's not. I don't even know what he can yeah. do. Two legs, yeah. Tommy. Is this, you said this guy's a first time caller, Rodney. Rodney. Yeah, Rodney. Thank you for calling. 
Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. I just want to be positive this morning. I just want to let y'all know I'm a happy hog fan. We just went through 10 years of, of misery. Uh, every game we've lost this year, it seemed like we were one play away, and it would have changed the outcome of the game. So I just go hogs. Let's be positive. What do y'all think? I think I think we've lose sight of the fact that when you played the number seven team in the country for the last better part of the last decade, you didn't stand a chance to be within a field goal at the end of the game. The overall trajectory is still headed in the right yeah. direction. The overall trajectory is still headed where where we want to go. I think that you can have positive and negative thoughts based on you. You don't want to just be, hey, we played them tough. Robert. You've beaten better LSU teams before. You just have. So I, I, I get that perspective, but I also get that you're proud of your football team, giving it all, it comes down to one or two plays at the end. This doesn't have to be, oh, we should have lost LSU, or you have to be 100% positive. You can be on both sides. I think that's where I come down this morning. I'm proud of how they played, but they also had multiple chances to win that football game and be bowl eligible as of Saturday afternoon. You could have also lost this game 27-10, to and the mood would be much different. The takes would be much different. It's the fact that you lost by a field goal that magnifies a few decisions and a few thoughts. And the fact that you lose by a field goal, Chuck, with your, without your starting quarterback, I think just magnifies the, the, the rawness of the nerve and the emotion with the fans. Well, I mean, it was, it's one of those games where you stay up because you're, you know, there's, there's a million ways you could have won the game. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the ones that, that, that keep you up at night, I'm sure. But, again, I... I I said this in the first hour, and I know it's not much consolation, but guys, you know, before Sam Pittman in the three years, we were 8-28. and 28. We were 1-23 and 23 in the SEC. We weren't even also ran. We were a flat-out nobody. We were getting hammered on our home field by North Texas and Western Kentucky. Vanderbilt came in here and beat us by two touchdowns. San Jose State came to Fayetteville and won a game. Let's not lose sight of that. In the three years since he's been here, we're 17 and 16. Not where we want to end up, but a hell of a lot better than we were before. That's, you, know, you know, that's just the truth. We used to say, how many of us, I just want to be competitive. Yeah. I just don't want to get blown out. Well, that's where we are right now. We've gotten to that point. And getting to the point beyond that's the hardest part. Cracking that glass ceiling's the hardest part. It's not easy to go from 0-16 in the SEC to 500. That's not easy to do, but it's even harder to get to the point where you want to be. That's where we are right now. you got to go. I mean, the answer always lies on the recruiting trail. That's the only place the answer ever lies is on the recruiting trail. I know you guys watch SEC now and see the wrap-up and – it's hard to not remember or not not see and then remember and reflect back to the area you're talking about when Clark Lee, whose Vanderbilt program won at Kentucky this weekend, their first win since, what, 2019 in an SEC game, and he's choked up in tears trying to talk after the game. And, you know, it didn't take long listening to him and the emotion he had, and I know that's Vanderbilt and we're Arkansas, but Arkansas was exactly where Vanderbilt is today, you know, celebrating that first win. And Well... Uh, you don't get from point A to point D without going through points B and C. And those are the two toughest areas to go through. And, um, you know, we made a big jump last year and got every break there was to get. And this year we've not gotten a lot of those breaks. Health has been a big issue this year where 
really wasn't so much an issue last season. But Hey, if you're in the market to sell or buy a home, if you're in the real estate game right now, I want you to consider partnering with Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. What I can tell you is my experience. I partnered with them to sell a home, and I partnered with them to buy a home. Market always seems to be changing. It was then. It is now. And that's why you need a trained real estate professional, somebody that does this every day, somebody that goes through the best training program in the business. They, they know how to negotiate. They know, how, they know the nuances of the market. They know what to offer, what to ask for. All the things that you've got to do if you're going to make a good decision in a real estate transaction. I think that's going to be your experience, too. Now, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, has got an office in Fayetteville. There's another one in Springdale. They've got a location in Bentonville. They're in Fort Smith. I know you've seen the yellow signs there. They've opened an office in Branson, Missouri. And you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. I don't know if K.J. Jefferson's 100% going to be back for Ole Miss. Here were coaches' comments on what that could look like. We'll get a healthy K.J. back. Motivation. That would motivate me. Your best player on your team can come back and play. That would motivate all of us. So we got beat. We got beat by the number 10 team in the country. We want to win. And I feel terrible, but I felt worse last week. We can go win with a defense that plays like that. So at least we're rallying around and played better. The result was the same, which is terrible. I do think we'll rally around. I think we'll have a really good game plan and play well against Ole Miss. I think we'll play well the week after that as too. Let's say KJ has a setback this week and he's still not healthy enough. What's the game plan this week? What's the game I, I don't, plan Ole Miss? I don't, I don't think that scenario is going to come up. I think I think that's a far-fetched scenario. I don't think there's going to be a setback this week. I, I don't, uh, um, I mean, he's, he's not going to be getting hit um, you know, everything's had an opportunity to rest. I don't, I don't see how there could be a setback during the week. Now he may take a shot on Saturday that sets him back, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's a scenario by which someone other than KJ will start Saturday night unless he gets hit by a truck between now and then. So, so we at that point assume he's probably going to play and start on Saturday. Well, that's basically that what count. I just said. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I, I expect him to start Saturday. I sure do. And I, you know, maybe you know, thinking about this a little more, unraveling the th- the, the idea that you know he's from Mississippi. Ole Miss was a, a school, and winning that game's important to him. Maybe that's kind of been the plan: is to you know sacrifice his not inability to to go this week against this past week against LSU to make sure he's ready to go against Ole Miss. I think that's more of a motivating factor than maybe we've calculated leading into all of this. I expect if he's got a great game left in him, I mean, if his body will allow him to have a great game, I think it'll be Saturday night. I, I would I would think there won't be anybody in the stadium more ready for that game to kick off than K.J. Jefferson. We heard from other players, including K.J., about what it meant to beat Auburn. And leading up to that week, they wanted to send the seniors out, some guys like Bumper and Dalton who've been here for quite some time. we got to remember, it's also senior night in Fayetteville. You want to be able to win that final home game of the season. You haven't won at home since September. You didn't play it all in October. And you also want to send those guys out with the bowl eligibility and the fact that you are going to a bowl game. You can do that on Saturday night against a good football team that only lost Alabama by six points at home this past week. It's not going to be easy, but there is a lot that plays into that idea of what you're going up against on Saturday night. Going to be interesting to see what Ole Miss, uh, how how they play, how they approach this. I mean, they lost a game Saturday night; it was a heartbreaker. And I mean, as a result of their loss and LSU wins, I mean, it's over in the West. So um, you know, 
we'll see what they've got to play for. We tend to focus on our guys, and that's understandable. But, um, you know, Ole Miss has got a big challenge ahead of them this week, too. Yeah. You know, I just had someone send a text in a minute ago, and we, we, we talked about Ole Miss and their perspective. You know, the other perspective we could have, too, if we stop and think about it, you end up playing without KJ, you play two different quarterbacks in the game, and you're still within a field goal of the number seven team in the country. That you know, that's frustrating. Well, again, but but again, you're you're right there in a lot of ways. I'll go back to what I said earlier. It's the fact that it's coupled with the loss to Liberty. Absolutely. Um, just like earlier in the year, for you know the next month, every bad thing that happened was coupled with the game they lost to Texas A and M. But I think if you look at it individually. And, and, you know, if Arkansas had played against Liberty the way they played against LSU, they'd have won. But they didn't, and so they are where they are. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.